Happy Monday, Razorback fans. I don't know if it's a happy Monday for you or not. Um, I'm, I'm going to assume not because Arkansas lost 23-21 to to Texas A&M. Interesting game. It really came down to one play, which was the K.J. Jefferson fumble. Um, of course, Cam Little missed the kick at the end of the game. Uh, you look back, even if he makes the kick, A&M still gets the ball with over a minute left. Uh, a lot of factors there at the end of the game that – We'll get into a little bit. There's a lot of things that led up to that. Um, so we'll, we'll get into this game. We're going to break it down, give our thoughts, talk about pro football focus grades, um, guys that got on the field, guys that um, didn't get on the field, a, a lot of different things here on the Gridiron Hogs podcast. I'm your host, Mason Cho, joined by Robert Stewart and Alex Trader of hogbeat.com, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com. Go visit it. We're the rival site covering the Arkansas Razorbacks. A lot of great content over at hogbeat.com. Would appreciate it if you check it out. We got a lot of good free stuff, a lot of good premium stuff as well. Um, and check out our message board, The Trough. If you're a subscriber, it is worth your time. All right, guys, let's talk about this game. It felt like right out of the gate, Arkansas, they go up 14 nothing, And you're like, holy cow, this Razorback team is legit. And then, Robert, what happened, man? I mean, things just went south. It did. I mean, it was it was a night and day difference. I feel like that's a phrase you hear often from folks inside the Arkansas locker room. It was a night and day difference between what happened in the first quarter and everything that came after. Um, I mean, you had you had the one touchdown from from Texas A and M to make it fourteen to seven, and then Arkansas keeps driving. Uh, down to the three-yard line. looks like they're going to go back on top by two scores. And then, I mean, how, how do you explain K.J. Jefferson's decision to jump from behind the line of scrimmage when the line of scrimmage is the three-yard line? Like, that, it just baffles me. And and I, I think I think he, he admitted as much in the postgame, you know. he's He's got to be more aggressive to finish that play. That was the least aggressive thing I've seen him do all year honestly um so yeah i mean i've never seen like a handoff on a defensive return touchdown before but that's what happened and that was the wildest play i mean the hogs were lucky to be on top after after it ended with the with the missed uh, or the botched pat so man it, it was tough that that's what it came down to but i mean that's what happens in a neutral site game too. The, I mean, the momentum totally shifted to the other side of the stadium. And I mean, the rest was pretty much history. I wrote in my, in my post game recap story that even after that play, there's a lot of ball game left. Yes. A&M had the momentum, but it felt like, you know, Arkansas still had the lead. The game wasn't over. Um, the Arkansas could still get the momentum back, but looking back on the game, that was the difference maker. That play right there, that's what changed things. Um, and then you you look at the second half, the third quarter was just awful for Arkansas's offense. Uh, and then in the fourth quarter, they're able to, you know, get a, get a score, make it 21-23. The defense gets a stop. And then they drive down the field. And so the, the botch snap by Ricky Stromberg, KJ said that the ball hit Stromberg's butt or whatever. I think that's what happened. And then, you know, it goes back. 
Arkansas was lucky to recover it. Rocket Sanders barely got that ball. And then you're looking at a third and 14, and then the next play, KJ, you know, it's a broken play. He has to run, and he gets a yard, sets up for the field goal. But then you get to the timeout situation with Sam Pittman, um, something that he talked about, Robert, and said that he kind of questioned that decision. What do you think about him saying after the game that he questioned that decision? I mean, I feel like he played his cards correctly in that situation. I mean, he he and the players pretty much explained, like, they didn't need to be where they were at that time, you know, trailing by two points. Um, but it, they were in that situation. So, so when you look at it that way, I mean, you got to trust the kicker who has – done you right so many times in his short career right um you you want to run as much time off the clock um as you can so that you know in the event that he makes the field goal you have the lead you don't give AM very much time against your defense which has struggled um so i don't really have an issue with the way uh the the game plan at the end of the at the end of the contest went down um but you know, like like everybody mentioned in the post game, like they they didn't need to be there. I mean, Arkansas outgained and outpossessed the Aggies, and yet the Hogs still lost that game. Yeah, that I mean, I kind of mentioned it in in the intro. That play was not really even if Arkansas hits that field goal, A and M still gets the ball back. They still had timeouts. There was a lot that went into that, um, a lot that could have happened after that, but. Like you said, Robert, I mean, there were a lot of things before that play that they could have done better. Um, Alex, you were at the game, right? Yeah, I was. I had the standing room only seats. So from your perspective, what did you see? And also from our perspective, it looked for a second, it looked like the kick went in. I, I don't know where you were at, but did it look like the kick went into you too? I was on the, in the opposite end zone and it did look like it went in. We, uh, the kicks are hard to tell just in general if you're not seeing them on TV. And sometimes they're hard to see if you you are seeing them on TV, if it doesn't split the upright even. And um, that one felt like it was, you know, it, it did look like it pushed right a little bit, but you still had confidence that, that it was inside the pole. And uh, it, it was close enough to where you, you were probably right to have that confidence. And then, you heard the doink and you saw it fall to the ground and it was just the, the air fell out of the stadium for Arkansas fans. We were actually in the A&M section of the, where the stadium was just by coincidence and they erupted and, and you kind of knew that it was over. You saw the fans start pouring out of the stadium. So Alex, what did you see in this game? I mean, it, for us, there, there were a lot of things that, you know, offensively uh, there were some play calls that were a little, questionable and uh from your perspective what did you see because we haven't really heard your thoughts yet yeah so you saw what you've seen from this team for the entire year we we saw the same issues come to light that the issues that we had talked about over and over and over again on this podcast the defensive backfield right now has serious serious issues they're not able to make plays when when they need to be made the def- the front seven kept them in this game uh, from from the standpoint of they were all over Max Johnson, they were creating havoc in the backfield. He was throwing up wounded ducks, and the defense, the the DBs couldn't uh, couldn't keep the receivers from pulling them down. 
Are you going to see those pulled down every every time the way that you did in this game? No. Even with with poor DV play, you're going to see some of those fall. In that aspect, it didn't go in Arkansas's favor, but we've known this this DB group was in trouble, whether it be injuries or just a, a lack of being at the level that you'd like from a potential SEC West contender. And it just it it really shone through even against a, what was a bad quarterback performance in Max Johnson. Um, as far as the offense goes, really, really poor third quarter. But at the beginning of this game, you saw what Arkansas was capable of. They came down, scored 14 easy, easy points, were running it down their throat all day and had the opportunity to go up even bigger and that they try to get cute and run a couple of Malik trick plays. I understand you want to go for the jugular there, but you're rushing very, very well. Um, uh, as far as the pat, the Kendall Bryles needs to do something crowd. I understand it's not fun to watch an offense that runs, runs passes and it doesn't always work, but you were seeing this team pick up, you know, in that fourth quarter, we had a guy standing behind us that was screaming, Kendall, what are you doing? And the, the Hogs were rushing for five yards of carry on that drive. So when, you, when you've got it going like that, you don't want to pull it away, even though it might not be as entertaining or it might not be what you think needs to happen. There are situations where Kendall Bryles needs to get more creative in the offensive game plan. There are times he gets too creative, but when you're running the ball for five yards of carry and really at, at the end of that game, Arkansas is dominating both lines of scrimmage. When that's happening, you have to stick with it. And, and it really – it comes down to, to the Hogs having a couple mistakes, a couple things didn't go their way, and then ultimately um, it, it, it happens, but that, that missed field goal would have had them in a position with the lead where the defense had, had the opportunity to re redeem themselves. It's such an up-and-down thing with Kendall Bryles because you look at the way the game started and, you know, you're you're singing praises to Kendall Bryles. Like, this guy, I mean, awesome, awesome start to the game, and then he has those – couple plays every game you talk about the Malik Hornsby plays where it's just it it didn't work and then you know the 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 pass out to Jaden Hazelwood the wide receiver pass that play never works and it's like those few plays every game it's just a head scratcher but the rest of the time it seems like it works out pretty good aside from you know some of those drives where it is a run run pass and there were times during this game where I mean you could tell A&M knew what was coming and us in the press box, I mean, I was sitting there telling Robert, like, you know that the run is coming, and they would stuff the run. Like, there were many times where Rocket Sanders would just take the ball and immediately get hit. And because A&M knew that the run was coming, I mean, there there are some plays where it's a, it's a little bit of a head-scratcher. But, Alex, you also mentioned that defense, and that's something that I, I asked Sam Pittman after the game. I said, you guys got to Mac jo Max Johnson a lot. Like, you were keeping him uncomfortable, but it seemed like even though you were getting that pressure on him, he was able to make those throws. And I think and I think specifically to that third and 12 play in the second half, um, Max Johnson basically just threw up a duck off his back foot. And without looking down the field, you felt like some, some Arkansas players got to knock that down or, or intercept it. And there's like three or four Arkansas DBs around the ball and an A&M wide receiver comes down with it. Those are plays that the Arkansas secondary has to make. If your pass rush is getting to Max Johnson that much, not only on that play, but throughout the game, you got to be able to do your job. And you saw Miles Slusher back in this game, and he really helped out. 
I mean, you could tell Miles Slusher being back there, he covered up a little bit of the issues. Like he he did really well. He was the highest graded defensive player for Arkansas from Pro Football Focus in this game. Miles Slusher had a good game, and Arkansas is very very fortunate to have him back. But there are still issues. I mean, there are still guys who are just struggling. But on the flip side, the pass rush is still there. Like they they were getting to Max Johnson, but. There's... They, they held him to 11 of 21. I mean, he only completed barely over 50% of his passes. Yeah, and I mean, they had three sacks, but it was like those passes that he did complete, they were in like the, the big situations. Think like the third and 12 I mentioned, that second and 30 play where he compete, completed it to Anaya Smith just like right over the middle, and he takes it for 32. We knew before that play, we were talking, and people on our message board, on the trough, it was second and 30. And everybody's like, they're going to get it on this play. There's no way they don't get it because that's just what you expect from this Arkansas defense right now. And sure enough, they got 32 yards on second and 30. That's a play where you can give up 15 yards on that play. You can do that. If he wants to complete a pass to Anaya Smith over the middle, um, let him do that, but have a guy there to stop him, you know? And so it's just the things like that, the mistakes, the K.J. Jefferson fumble, um the the Ricky Stromberg miss snap like if if that Ricky Stromberg miss snap doesn't happen Arkansas maybe picks up I don't know four yards and you're looking at third and short and so there's so many things that led up to the Cam Little field goal and of course a lot of people are focusing on that because that was the last play that you saw from Arkansas and it was gut-wrenching you know it it sucked to see that if you're an Arkansas fan but you lost the game and you were right there with the top 25 team, an A&M team that's very talented. Um, you know that they got a lot of talent. They did lose to Appalachian State. That was a game that it was weird, but the the, the players after the game, all it was was we're looking forward to Alabama. You didn't really get much more than that from them, Robert. And um, Yeah, you look forward to Alabama, but I don't know, man. Do you think that this is a loss that sticks with them, or do you think that they're going to be able to just – kind of move on because you don't have time to sit and let this one simmer, you know? No, you really don't. I mean, you're about to go on a grueling stretch because once once you get through with Alabama, I mean, you're not home until next month in November. Like, it's – you can't let this simmer, but at the same time, it's like – I mean, how do you fix everything that was an issue – in time to compete with the number two team in the country, you know? It, yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot. It, it, the secondary issues, you feel like Bryce Young is going to be able to expose that pretty well, like he did last year. Um, Alex, I'm curious, guys that stood out to you on Saturday, before I read off pro football focus grades, I want to see if you maybe noticed anything, picked anything up, um, just based off of the eyeball test. Yeah, I mean, I thought really the whole defensive line looked like they were getting action. They were they were able to really, like I said, create havoc in the backfield. Max Johnson, especially for the first half of that game, Arkansas jumped on early, and they had Max Johnson in a blender. He wasn't able to do anything. He was dropping the snap every other play, making really big mistakes that, that should get you in a position where you're able to go ahead and win the game right there and, and kind of go on cruise, not cruise control, but be able to be in a position where you're comfortable and can make those mistakes that we saw. And that, that I really – KJ had a very good game on the ground outside of that one fumble. 
as a passer, he was not spectacular in this game. Uh, even his deep ball that he threw over the middle for the touchdown to Warren Thompson was severely underthrown. Um, it, it, I wasn't overly impressed by what I saw there. He had another really long screenplay. So those two plays made up the bulk of his yards. Um, I thought the running backs played well. Dom Johnson came out and looked like himself, was out there picking up quite a few yards per carry. Uh, I thought um, – Keytron Jackson made it happen on that play. There wasn't – I think it was more of a unit-specific, at least my takeaways were, that, that you saw the running backs do fairly well. You saw the offensive line at points look dominant, look like they can be one of the best in the SEC. You also saw it at points kind of get blown up because, I mean, people who were drunk and disorderly sitting up in the, stand, uh, the standing room section knew – oh, KJ, run up the middle. Oh, this is going to be a draw up the middle. It's not that hard to figure it out based on what Arkansas does. Um, the fact that AM couldn't stop it every time does lend into how, how you know dominant Arkansas is and committed they are to establishing that run. But uh, I think it, it makes it a lot tougher. Defensive line look good. Linebackers look good. Really, my, my takeaways were that the, the defensive backfield needs a lot of fixing or a lot of scheming to help it, help it be fixed because – you can't continue along with that, especially going against guys you know, like Bryce Young, like like Jackson Dart. Uh, it, you're not going to be able to win the football games you need to win. Yeah, and kind of like Robert mentioned earlier, it's not like Max Johnson just tore them up for 400 yards. What happened was it was the plays that we talked about where the ones where you need to make a play but you couldn't, like the third down and 12, the second and 30, those are the plays where you need the secondary to step up. Um, A&M's not going to throw the ball for 400 yards. Max Johnson's just not going to do that, but Bryce Young will. And so that's that's what you got to fix because Alabama's going to Alabama's gonna throw the ball, and they're going to throw the ball for a lot of yards. It's just whether or not Arkansas can make those plays that they need to do. They couldn't get a turnover against A&M, and – the one turnover that Arkansas had on the KJ Jefferson fumble that was returned back for a touchdown ended up being the the play in the game that changed everything. It wasn't the field goal. It was that play. That play is what changed everything. Um, but you mentioned KJ Jefferson's passing grade. It was or the, you said that you didn't think that he was that great in the passing game. He had his lowest lowest passing grade of the season according to Pro Football Focus. He had a sixty five point nine. The uh, the previous low was 73.6 against Cincinnati. So you were right there, Alex. He, he did not have his best game um, throwing the ball. But if you just look at the grades, offensively, Rashad Dabinion was the top uh, graded offensive player. He played 12 snaps, though, 79.9 overall grade. This is on a scale of 0 to 100. What was interesting to me, Warren Thompson played 27 snaps, easily the lowest on the season. Keetron Jackson, 59 snaps. So – yeah, Warren Thompson had that touchdown, but it seems like Heatron Jackson has moved up into that third receiver slot alongside Hazelwood and Matt Landers. Um, so that's a little bit interesting. Sam Pittman has talked to him. He talked about him. He said after the Missouri State game that he's earned more playing time. And so you saw that there. Interesting at the running back spot, Rocket Sanders, 38 total snaps. That was his lowest mark on the year. Uh, A.J. Green had 14. I mentioned Rashad Dubinion, 12. And then we saw Dominique Johnson get in the game for nine snaps. Um, I thought Dominique Johnson looked really good on his on his first drive. He had, let's see, three straight runs for 27 yards total. Uh, but he only played nine snaps. I don't know if he was on a snap count or not. Um, I asked Sam Pittman about it. 
he did not like the question. So um, I I'll let Sam Pittman talk about it on today, Monday, and maybe after going back and looking at the film, he thought Dominique Johnson did well, or maybe he was on a snap count and that's just what they were going to get out of him. I don't know. I, I really don't. Um, but that's that's really the the big thing on offense. Of course, the O line is still still pretty good. I mean, the Ricky Stromberg had a one of his lower grades of the season. Same for Brady Latham, but Bo Limmer continues to be really good. Uh, same with Dalton Wagner and Luke Jones. So Arkansas's offensive line still doing really well. I mean, even though that the run got blown up a few times, I mean, they're still one of the better offensive lines in the SEC. So. Um, defensively, I mentioned Miles Slusher. He was the top graded, graded defensive player, seventy-eight point one. And then you go Eric Gregory. He had that one, that one uh possession where he had two sacks, I think. So, um, big, big. No, he only had one sack. What he had, he had two big tackles on that possession in the second half. So, and then Zach Williams, of course, he had a good game as well. Simeon Blair, surprisingly enough, fourth graded. Number four grade um, on the Arkansas defense, 64.2, tied with Latavius Brini. So, I, I don't know. You look at the secondary, that's the issue. But, I mean, they're still grading out decently, according to Pro Football Focus. Uh, the coverage still getting above a 60, but it needs to be better than that. It's just – it's an issue. It's got to get fixed. I don't know if it will be because they can only go with the guys that they have. It's not like you can – Bring somebody up because the guys that are going to come up, I mean, they're, they're, there's a reason that the guys now are starting over them. So you look at a guy like Kari Johnson, maybe. Kari Johnson was the lowest graded defensive player in this game. 20 snaps, he had a 45.7 grade, 51.9 coverage grade. You were expecting to get a little bit more out of him. I mean, it's it's tough. And there was, there was another play in this game, Robert, where – Arkansas's secondary got burned and Max Johnson couldn't make the throw like that. That play continues to happen every week. Bryce Young going to make that throw this Saturday. I mean, how do you think that they're going to fix this this week? They're not. They're they're just not. Like I I don't know how else to put it. You're you're facing the reigning Heisman winner. Like what? what how could it possibly get better? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I here's here's the bottom line. Realistically, Arkansas has a Good football team, a very good football team. They played a good football team in Texas A&M. Mistakes were made, the K.J. Jefferson fumble, and they lost the game 23-21. Move on. Um, I still think this team has eight or nine wins in them. I don't know if they win this weekend against Alabama. You would like to think that they're going to be competitive against Alabama like they were last year. Um, it's just right now the, the, the thing that's on the mind is that loss to Texas A&M. That's the last thing that happened, so – um, moving forward, I I think they will they will get thing fit get things fixed, especially offensively. You got to think that they get that fixed a little bit. Um, some of the drops from the receivers, Warren Thompson had a drop. Um, Jaden Hazelwood had a drop where he was falling down, the ball hit him in the hands, and he just couldn't catch it. Those things you got to think they got, they're going to get cleaned up. Uh, the running back situation, I wonder how that's going to shake out because. It wasn't the Rocket Sanders show in this one. You saw that they rotated the guys in and out. Um, so there, there's a lot of things to clean up this week. Yes, Robert. While we're while we're talking about offense, it's it's worth noting that Matt Landers only had one target. I feel like that's 
not something that is a recipe for success, especially after he showed out against Missouri State, right? He yeah. he needs he needs the ball more. He he needs more looks. I mean, he he made the most of his one. It was a 19-yard catch for a huge first down, but he he's got to have the ball more. One target on 70 snaps, which was the most of any of the receivers, which is interesting. He also had a 54.9 offensive grade from Pro Football Focus. That was the second lowest on the team. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, Matt Lander's playmaker. Get the ball to your playmakers, you know? That's that's what Arkansas needs to do a little bit more often. That's that's why it's confusing when, you know, there was a play where I think it was third third down and they, they threw an out to Nathan Bax. That that's one of those plays where it's just head scratching because you're like, it's third down. Why are you getting the ball to Nathan Bax? Like no offense to Nathan Bax, but you have all these playmakers, Jane Hazelwood, Rocket Sanders, Matt Landers, Trey Knox, all these guys, and you give it to Nathan Bax. Those are the plays where you need to get the ball to your best players on the field. Nathan Bax and Matt Landers should not have the same number of targets in any game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um I look, I I think that Sam Pittman is a good coach. I think Kendall Bryles is a good offensive coordinator. I think Barry Odom is doing the best with what he what he has. You know, he's scheming up and trying to take advantage of his strength, which is pass rushing. It's just they couldn't – that strength could not over – like cover up the, the weakness of the secondary enough against Texas A&M. That's the bottom line, you know. That's what really happened. So um, this week, important week for Arkansas. You know what's upsetting? It's upsetting that they lost in college game days and coming to Fayetteville. Alex, you feel that one? Yeah, I do. It, it probably would have come here. There's a case to be made that it could have gone to Clemson and NC State with both teams undefeated and it being in an SEC town last week. But it, you, you feel like they had to have come here, right? I so mean, I, I don't think it was a question. I, it's I just, sure. it's just. As a senior, it would have been cool to see it, but um, this team looks like it has a bright future, so who knows? Who knows when, when Arkansas will see game day? Yes. Um, a lot of a lot of games left to be played. This is one game. Move on. Uh, you know, there's probably going to be people in the YouTube comments saying, move on, guys. Why are y'all still talking about the game? Well, because it's our job. So, uh, But we will move on starting tomorrow. We'll hear from Sam Pittman today. Uh, we'll go to practice, see how they look in practice. We'll give everybody what we saw, what we heard tomorrow on the Gridiron Hogs podcast.